Welcome to the 143rd episode of the 4th and 24 podcast with Patrick Winograd. I'm your host, Randy Winograd. In this edition of the podcast, our topics are a brief overview of Patrick's weekend predictions and a look at recent games in the NBA playoffs. Let's jump right in with a look back at Patrick's weekend predictions, which are posted every Thursday on our website, 4thand24.com, and we will start in the NBA where Patrick went 2-2 two and two in his predictions. Similarly, in Major League Baseball, Patrick went 2-2 two and two with his series weekend with his weekend series predictions. So Patrick was 4 and 4 overall in this weekend's predictions, bringing him to 405 and 278 overall, a 59.3% winning percentage. Patrick, your thoughts on your weekend predictions? Well, obviously not above 500, so not the best week for me, but uh overall I thought I did okay. Uh I think the MLB games not I think they they were I mean every series was 2 out of 3, so that's kind of a that's kind of a so be it kind of a thing where you know I got lucky on two and I didn't get lucky on the other two, uh, but overall the teams were pretty much evenly matched. Uh, but I guess I'll start with the MLB then. Uh, look, the Marlins took two or three from the Mariners. I had the Mariners. Uh, they they could have won probably both of the first two games. Maybe maybe more likely to win the second game where. The Marlins only scored three, but the Mariners failed to get enough run support to win themselves. Uh, in that game, they also had Robbie Ray on the mound. That game, I thought they were definitely going to win, and then I thought they could probably win at least one of one of game one and game three of that series. Uh, but they won only game three and did not win the game with Robbie Ray on the mound. So that is why they ended up losing that series. But the Marlins are on a very long winning streak, I believe, all the way up to eight games now. Uh, but they're playing really well right now as a team, and good for them. Uh, then I'll move on. The Mets took two or three from the Phillies. Uh, there were some heated moments in this one. Kyle Schroeder pretty much carried an entire game for the Phillies. Actually, carried two games for the Phillies, but it's possible that this series could have been a sweep for the Mets uh, if they were able to limit Schwarber and not allow him. I think Adam Montevino was the one who gave up a three-run home run uh, to the to Kyle Schwarber in the second game of the series on Saturday night. And then what allowed for the sweep was when, uh, or sorry, what would have allowed for the sweep was the Mets winning that last game of the series, uh, but of course didn't win the second game, so can't sweep the series overall. Uh, but a good series from the Mets nonetheless. Uh, and then the Blue Jays took two of three from the Astros. Again, same thing as last week, actually, uh, where these teams played again, but last time they were playing in Houston, this time in Toronto. Different pitching matchups too, but I went with the same pick. I got it right again, and uh, I'll take it. I mean, hey, I can't do much better than that. But in the final series of the weekend, I probably could have done a little bit better, uh, where the Twins took 2-3 from the Rays. This was one of those series, kind of similar to the Marlins and the Mariners, where I thought that one team had won maybe a little bit too much in a row, and they were due to uh, come down to earth a little bit more, uh, but they didn't in either of these situations. I mean, the Twins have not really had one long winning streak as much as the the Marlins have, Uh, but I felt good about this series when the Rays took Game 1 of the series, it was the, I think it was actually the only series I picked where the team I picked, or no, the Mets in this series were the only ones where the team I picked won the first game, uh, but then the Twins proceeded to win the next two, unfortunate, uh, but look, it's just the way it is, so I'm not, I'm not too, I'm not too disappointed in it, I thought my predictions overall were decent, obviously they were right on mark of 500, so definitely not anything better than decent, uh, but overall I'm satisfied with the MLB, and then in the NBA, I picked all the game sixes. Uh, I think every single road team ended up winning, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, the Memphis one, I picked the only two I got wrong were I thought Toronto would send it to a game seven. 
Uh, and I thought that and I thought that Minnesota would send it to a game seven, but Memphis and Philly were able to overcome uh, Minnesota and Toronto to end those series in six. And then I got it right that the Suns would beat the Pelicans in six. Uh, Devin Booker came back in that game. We already talked about these games in the last podcast, actually, so I won't talk too much about them. Uh, but obviously, focusing more on the actual series that are going on now. But uh, overall, pr- I'm okay with those predictions. Not obviously the best, but. Overall, pretty good, and uh, for the week, pretty decent, but definitely could do better, and uh, here's hoping next week is better. All right, well, Patrick's predictions for next weekend's games will be posted on our website on Thursday, as always, at 4thand24.com. Let's now turn our attention to the NBA playoffs. And we will start uh, in the Eastern Conference, where we'll look at the action in the first few games of the second round of the playoffs talk about what our predictions were before this round started and see if we want to revise them. So Patrick, let's start with the Bucks Celtics where the Bucks lead 1 game to 0. The Bucks won game 1 101 to 89 on the road uh, after a brief break in the action of all playoff games uh, on Saturday. Uh, this game was on Sunday and uh, Giannis really dominated this game. Uh, Drew Holiday actually was the leading scorer overall. Jason Tatum had a rough shooting night, 6 of 18. But Giannis had 24, 13, and 12. He was on 9 of, five, uh, nine of 25 shooting, so not that efficient. Uh, and 6 of 11 from the free throw line. So overall, not exactly his best game scoring-wise. But the 12 assists really stand out there. Uh, Giannis normally not one to, to get a lot of assists. I mean, yeah, he averages 6 on the year. But, you know, he averages 30 and 12. And that's what he's known for. Not for getting a lot of assists along with that. But look... He's going to need to make a lot of plays in this series, and so far, and, and so far in the very, 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 very small sample size we have, he did a great job playmaking in this game. Uh, Bobby Portis had 15 points, 11 rebounds. Um, Brooke Lopez only had six points, but Grayson Allen again came off the bench with 11. Uh, Pat Connaughton and Javon Carter pitching in eight and seven uh, separately, so pretty good contributions overall as a team. Drew Holiday had 25 on his own, so the Bucks had some good scoring overall. from the field and 35 from three could be better, but uh, the Celtics were the one who came off a lot worse with their shooting performance. Uh, The Celtics were 33% from the field, 36% from three. You don't see very often when a team shoots better from three than they do from the field overall, which means that they shot a lot worse on twos uh, than they did on threes. They actually were 10 of 34 on two-pointers, which is not good at all. Uh, and that's how you end up with only 89 points. Uh, they had five double-figure scores, but Marcus Smart had 10 on the dot. D- uh, uh, Derek White had 10 exactly again. Jalen Brown had only 12, and Al Horford had 12. So, And then Jason Tatum was the leading scorer with 21, but on 6 of 18 shooting, Jalen Brown was 4 of 13. Marcus Smart was 3 of 11. Al Horford was 4 of 11. Peyton Pritchard was 2 of 8. Derek White was 2 of 6. Grant Williams was 2 of 6. Pretty much nobody had a good shooting night. Even Robert Williams was 3 of 6, but considering that he pretty much only takes the shots from the interior, that's not even that great for him. Uh, So, overall, it just wasn't a great series so far. Uh, Well, I say series so far, uh, but a great great first game for the Celtics. And by the way, Robert Williams on the season averages 74% from the field, 73% in his career. From the field, so even three of six for him is probably is way way below average. But overall, just a bad shooting night for the Celtics. I, I don't think it has. I, I don't think there's 
much to do with that other than the fact that they haven't played in forever because of the fact that they swept their first game, their first series, uh, as we all know by now. So that kind of worked as a blessing and a curse. They got their rest, but maybe they got too much, and that I feel like is maybe a good reason why they might have been stopped. But I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue going forward. Okay, well, the original prediction was Celtics in seven for you. I said Celtics in six. You want to revise your prediction? I, I As I said, I just think they really only had a bad game. Uh, I don't think there's any long-term issue that they had or anything that they're going to struggle with for the rest of the series. I think the Bucks looked better than I expected them to, honestly. So I, I, I definitely am not going to lower the games uh, that I had the Celtics in. Uh, but I, I don't feel like the Bucks were convincing enough for me to give them the edge in the series. So I'm just going to leave it at Celtics in seven. I, again, just think they had a bad game. No reason to jump off the ship now. Okay, well, I said Celtics in six. Um, oof, I really don't like that pick anymore. I, I don't want to jump off the bandwagon either. We had another chance later to change our predictions. Nope. It's our only chance. Nope. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, just so that we can disagree, because... We disagreed on another one. I think it'll change later. I'm going to flip it to the, uh, I'll flip it to the Bucks in seven. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the Miami Heat against the Philadelphia 76ers, where the Heat now lead one game to zero. The Heat won game one, 106 to 92. Uh, a good game overall by the Heat, especially defensively, holding James Harden to five of 13 shooting, and obviously the most important thing in the series is that the 76ers will be without Joel Embiid for the first two games of the series, at least. Uh, That's terrible. That is not good at all for the 76ers. I think it pretty much leaves them no chance to win the series. You have to steal one of these games on the road at the beginning of the series. You can't go down 2-0. It's just not a good thing at all, and uh, that's pretty much what they're on a collision course with doing without having Joel Embiid. They needed Harden to step up. He had 16 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. On 5-13 shooting, it's just not enough. Tyrese Maxey had 19 points on 6-15. I would argue their best player. I mean, well, maybe I wouldn't make the argument, but you can make the argument that their best player today was Tobias Harris, who had 16 points on 7-12 shooting. Uh, Definitely their most efficient. Definitely seemed like he was making the most impact, at least when they were making their big runs and stuff like that. Uh, But it's it's hard to win without your MVP candidate. I mean, he's an MVP candidate for a reason. Uh, we already saw the Nuggets just completely fail to win anything off the Warriors except for that one game. I mean, imagine what would have happened in that series without Jokic. I, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, it, it's just, it's 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 not good. It, it's hard to win without a guy that's supposed to be that good, supposed to be your rock, your everything, pretty much. So uh, overall, not too good from Philly. Doesn't look great for them. And, uh, you know, Joel Embiid's at least out until game two. We don't even know how long he's going to be out. He could be out even longer than that. Uh, But let's move on to the positive side of things, the Miami side. Uh, Tyler Hero had 25 points off the bench. Victor Oladipo played a solid 27 minutes, although only ended up having five points and five rebounds on two of eight shooting. Uh, So not great from him, but at least he got some action. Uh, And then you have P.J. Tucker, who had 10. You have Jimmy Butler, who had 15 on five of 16 shooting. Uh, Gabe Vincent had 10 on four of 12 shooting. Max Struess had five on two of eight shooting. And the one thing that you're seeing here is that there really wasn't anybody, and I'll get to the guy who really was the big contributor, but it wasn't like this was Miami's typical balanced scoring, and it wasn't like they had a great offensive night as a team, and yet somehow they end up winning this game by 14. It just doesn't look good for Philly because Miami can play a lot better than they did today, 
and they already won that first game by 14. Uh, and the only guy who did really contribute was Bam Adebayo, who had 24-12 and 12 on 8 of 10 shooting. And by the way, he'll be unstoppable until Joel Embiid comes back because, no offense to him, but I don't even know if DeAndre Jordan could have been a good matchup with him when he was in his prime in Lob City. I, I don't think that right now he's a good option trying to guard Bam Adebayo. I mean, uh, good luck to Philly. I don't think that's going to go too well. So they just got to survive until Embiid comes back, really. They just got to hope he comes back in game three because if they go down 3 nothing, they're not, they're not going to win. I mean, it's that simple. It, it just doesn't happen. Uh, I've heard that maybe the NBA is due for a team to come back from a 3-0 deficit, but if there were ever to be one, it probably would have been Toronto in the last series, not Philly in this one, trying to get Joel Embiid back from injury. So I'm going to go ahead and say uh, that I will... I was going back on fourth on this, but I think with Embiid confirmed out until at least game three, as I've said now, the Heat win both the home games, go up 2-0, steal one of game three or game four on the road, and then close it out at home in five, but a very close five games when Embiid comes back, and maybe even some renewed fire in the Sixers uh, in their next game where where they just know that it's pretty it's desperation already, uh, and they need to make sure that they win one of these games without Joel Embiid. I, I think we'll, come out, we'll see a, a different Sixers team come out They'll play a lot better in the next game, but I still don't think it'll be enough. It'll be a close game, but I think they're going to go down 2-0 and eventually lose in five games. All right, so you revised your prediction from a Heat and 6 uh, to the Heat and 5. I had the Heat and 7. I didn't know what was going on with Joel Embiid. Uh, it, it was actually hard to know, though, because they just said it was that same orbital fracture and also concussion. He had that orbital fracture last year, too, but it, it, I don't know how long it kept him out for, and then obviously in the playoffs, injury timetables pretty much don't exist because it's kind of just come back whenever I can, whenever I think I can walk again and play normally. But yeah, it, it was hard to have any information about it when we made the original prediction. So, and I don't want to, so I don't want to change uh, a lot of predictions here. So I'll just, I'll stick with the heat and seven. Maybe I'll be wrong and it'll be sooner, but I'll at least pick the right team. All right, let's move on to the Western conference where the golden state warriors lead the Memphis Grizzlies one game to zero. Game one, which might have been game the game of the playoffs so far, honestly. Uh, Golden State won one seventeen to one sixteen. There's a lot of things you could talk about in this game, uh, but I think the number one thing that everybody's been talking about, which is why I probably won't talk about it too much, although I do enjoy some controversies. Uh, the refs in this game were terrible for multiple reasons, not because they ejected Draymond Green. Well, that's the main reason, but. Not solely, I guess I should say, because they ejected Draymond Green, but because it just felt... Overall, there were a lot of bad calls in this game. There was a ball that very obviously went off Dylan Brooks at the end of the game and ended up being a jump ball and gave Memphis the final shot, actually. They they shouldn't have had that layup with John Moran. It should have been the Warriors' ball, but instead they got a jump ball with four seconds left. And of course, with no center on the floor, (laughs) Golden State was doomed at the jump ball. Uh, and also, since they called jump ball on the floor, they couldn't review the call of who it went off of anyway. Uh, so, look, I, 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 it was really a ref show in this game, honestly. I, I feel like, I hate to say it, but it, it, especially if Golden State would have lost, I feel like people would still be up in arms about it. But w- when you talk about a game that at least was won by the team who got screwed over, it's a little bit different. But Golden State really got the short end of the stick, and the referees did not help at all in this game. And, you know, referees aren't supposed to help, but the other thing that they're definitely not supposed to do is help one team uh, or hurt the other team. That is what they did in this game. They absolutely hurt Golden State there. They were helping out Memphis in this game. Uh, I don't like to say that, but I think it was just true in this game especially. 
as a neutral person who doesn't really care who wins the series. I didn't even have this on prediction. I didn't have money on the game, obviously. Like, I have no rooting interest, but this game was just... I I would feel very annoyed if I was a Warriors fan at what was going on in that game. Uh, And overall, in the end, everything that went wrong, that could have gone wrong, did go wrong. Klay Thompson only shot 6 of 19. Steph shot 8 of 20, which isn't bad, but isn't great. Uh, Andrew Wiggins shot 6 of 14, which also isn't great, but he pitched in 17 points. Curry had 24 points. Uh, But Gary Payton started, had 8 points, had a nice dunk in the first half. Look, other than Jordan Poole, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong for the Warriors, and somehow they still won. I mean, Clay made the go-ahead three in the game, winning three, but he also missed two free throws when they were up by one at the end of the game. So there were a lot of things that went wrong for the Warriors, and yet with 31 points, eight, eight rebounds, and nine assists on 12 of 20 shooting from Jordan Poole on 38 minutes off the bench, somehow at the end of all that, Golden State comes up with the win. Uh, they beat Memphis despite Jaron Jackson finally not fouling out of a game and ending up with 33-10 and 10 on 10 of 18 shooting, and John Moran having 34-10-9. and 9. They find a way, and they get over the hump and beat Memphis in the first game on the road without Draymond Green. Good luck to Memphis when Draymond comes back. Uh, all right, well, yeah, like you said, you would think if they were going to get a get a game and get a leg up on the series, that was the game they had to it win. It would they need to be when they got all the breaks in the world and favorable refereeing and were at home. And Jaw had two chances of go-ahead baskets at the yep. end of the game, missed both of them. Yep. Warriors missed a few key threes. Like and not said, only two chances, but also had chances against a team without their best defensive player. Well, the best defensive player of one of the best dynasties even with Golden State and Draymond. So look... Th- he had his opportunities. He's not going to have those opportunities again because Draymond's going to be in the paint in the next few games if he doesn't foul out of the game. So the opportunities gonna, are going to be a lot different, but keep going with what you were saying. I was going to say, so we all think that's a game if the uh, Grizzlies were going to win the series that they likely needed to have. You Absolutely. Know, but but it would, that, that's one that they would be really feeling good about themselves had they won. Well, uh, Warriors fans still talk to, the, to this day about the fact that they would have another championship if Draymond didn't get suspended for that game five against Cleveland. So they think he has that much of an impact. So evidently the Warriors, or sorry, the Grizzlies unable to capitalize on having a huge impact player. And by the way, Draymond does truly have that kind of impact on the Warriors. Uh, you have to win if he's going to get ejected for, from a game, or even if he's going to foul out with, you know, two or three minutes left. But this wasn't even that. This was two or three minutes left in the first half. They had a whole half without Draymond. And I think they actually might have had the halftime lead. So overall, it's just not... It's not good for them. Yeah, so uh, before we knew that the Warriors had won one of the first two games at Memphis, we both thought the Warriors would win in six. Now that we know that the Warriors have at least won one of the first two games in Memphis, what do you think? I'm actually still going to stick with the Warriors in six, despite of despite how, uh, you know, how anti-Memphis I might have sounded. But look, they're still a good team overall. They still were one point away from winning this game. They had their opportunities. I think that Poole's not going to go off like this every game. Desmond Bain had a bad game himself. You could equate that to Clay Thompson having a bad game too. Dylan Brooks was 3 of 13. Bain was 3 of 10. So you combine that with, and say Clay Thompson went 6 of 19. I mean, overall, the th- those two shooters, if you combine Brooks and Bain, you get 6 of 23 which pretty much cancels out Thompson 6 of 19. So Memphis can and will play better. I think they'll get game two at home. Uh, and I, and by the way, I've thought that since the beginning of the series that Golden State was going to come out and just be more steady and be ready for the stage. And I thought the Warriors were going to win game one. 
and then win three and four and then win six. I think they're going to go three and zero at home, and I think they're going to make Memphis go two and one at home. But still, that's the end of the series for Memphis if that happens. I think that's still exactly what's going to happen. I think Golden State is going to lose the next game. I think Memphis will steal Game Five at home to not get uh, to not get the gentleman sweep off of them, and then I think Golden State will win in six in the end. Uh, yeah, I'm sticking with the Warriors in six. I think uh, Memphis might even win. Maybe they'll win one game in Golden State. I think they win the next game, and then. Maybe they get a game of Golden State. I don't know. I it, it's it's, uh, I still have to say, you know, I said I'm not going to be so anti-Memphis, and I don't think that they're just going to flame out in the series. But if you're not going to win this game at home, I don't know how they're going to win at Oracle—actually, it's not Oracle—at the Chase Center yes. uh, anymore. I, it's just not. Yeah. Well, th- well, yeah, no one's winning an Oracle, exactly. I guess. But <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to the uh, other series in the Western Conference where we have the number one-seeded Phoenix Suns taking on the number four-seeded Dallas Mavericks. And the Suns lead the series one game to nothing. Phoenix wins game one, 121-114. to They are now 51-0 on the season when leading after the third quarter. Uh, and to make matters worse for the Mavericks, they also have three wins over the Mavericks this season after trailing heading into the fourth quarter. So really, if you look at it, the Mavericks have a 0% chance of winning this series and an even lower chance, if that's even possible, of winning a game in this series. But obviously, that's probably not going to hold up. Uh, But look, a great game from both teams. Luka had his way and the Mavericks still lost. He had 45 points on 15 of 30 shooting, 45-12 rebounds and 8 assists. Uh, he got to the free throw line 14 times, made 11 of those attempts. Uh, the next leading scorer was Jalen Brunson at 13, or sorry, Maxi Kleba actually at 19 on six of nine shooting. Jalen Brunson had 13, and then Dorian Finney-Smith had 15. Uh, not much from Bullock in this game, not much from Dinwiddie, but look, the Mavericks shot 47% from the field, 41% from three, still lost. That's going to be an issue for them because I don't know how, first of all, I think Phoenix can tighten up their defense a little bit, and I don't think the Mavericks are going to play so mistake-free and uh, shoot so well. And then also, Phoenix still ended up winning the series, winning the game anyway. Uh, well, maybe they won the series regardless, but I, that would be getting a little too ahead of myself. Uh, but Phoenix shot 50% from the field, 50.5% actually, 39% from three uh, to get to their 121. Every starter scored 11 points or more, and Cam Johnson had 17 points off the bench. Uh, campaign also had nine points off the bench with five assists. So great contributions from the starting lineup and the bench for Phoenix in this game. Uh, Mikael Bridges played 42 minutes, his normal ridiculous share of minutes, 13 points, a lot of impact on the defensive end, seven rebounds, four assists, two, uh, and also a steal and two blocks. And then you have Devin Booker who had 23 points, nine and eight, nine rebounds, eight assists, only on seven to 20 shooting. So not that efficient, but still a good game for him. Chris Paul had 19 on 7-13 shooting, and then DeAndre Ayton had 25 uh, and 8 rebounds on 12-20 shooting. He definitely had the biggest game uh, for the Suns. And then also Jay Crowder had 11 and 8 rebounds. But overall, just look, a, a well-played game by Phoenix. It, it just felt like Phoenix played like Phoenix plays. Uh, and even though Luka Doncic went off, Dallas couldn't get the win, and uh, that's probably going to be a problem going forward if Luka, I, I don't think... Uh, well, frankly, we'll get to in a second, but I don't know how many games Dallas can win in the series if they can't win when Luka scores 45 uh, on f- on 15 of 30 shooting, especially uh, just really efficient and getting almost to 50. And yet 
no win for Dallas. So it doesn't look too good for them. And Phoenix can shoot a lot better as a team, honestly. Well, maybe not as a team, but on an individual level for sure. And maybe even from three. Uh, so again, it's one of those situations where just like Miami against the 76ers, the team is already supposed to be, look, you look at them, one team's the one seed, one team is, well, in this case, they're the five seed, but you know, they, they are not as talented as the other team, according to the record. And yet they, the other, the, the winning team didn't play their best and still won. So there's a lot to be desired from the one seed in both, in both leagues. But at the same time, they're already up one to nothing. They can play better. I think they will play better, but they're already up one to nothing. So there's not, I mean, there's nothing bad about having room to grow, but Phoenix has it. Miami has it. I think Phoenix will play better in the rest of the series. And as a result of that, I'm going to change it. I don't know why I had the Suns in seven. I think maybe to not make you look like a fool for having the Mavs in seven, maybe trying to present this as a close series, even though this game was close, when you cut, when you get down to it and look at how well Luka played in this game, I don't think that's actually repeatable. I feel like the Mavs are, or sorry, the Suns are geared pretty well to defend Luka, and yet they still gave up 45. But again, they still already won this game. So if they won this game, I don't see how they're going to lose uh, really any of the others, but I'll go with five for the gentleman sweep. I think the Mavericks will steal one at home where they get some good energy and at the end of the game, they have the last shot and Luka takes it and wins it for them. Uh, but overall, definitely the Suns winning the series and I'm more confident than I was from before the series, Suns at five. Yeah, I made a bad prediction by saying Mavs at seven. I was trying to go for some kind of an upset pick, maybe thinking... We don't have to differ in picks. Learn. I know, but I, you know, I gotta make it interesting. But I also thought maybe, you know, yeah, you don't need to make it interesting. Oh, I think Booker I'm interesting. Be 100, percent and maybe Luca would take over a series like he took over the prior series. Ain't gonna happen. Suns in six. Really, only in six? I can't go like from Mavs in seven to like Suns in four. I mean, you can if you nah. if you were listening to the crowd, you could, but nah, apparently you weren't. Nah, I'll, I'll say uh, I'll say Suns in six. Okay, fair enough. Okay, well, that wraps up our look back at the start of the second round of NBA playoff action. It also wraps this edition of the 4th and 24 podcast. Please be sure to check out our next podcast, which will be on Friday, May 6th, where we will talk about Major League Baseball and review the next half week of NBA playoff action. In the meantime, please be sure to check out Patrick's additional content, including his picks for next weekend's games, his MLB power rankings that will be updated tomorrow, and his NBA power rankings that will be published Wednesday. All of that content on our website, 4thand24.com. That's the number 4, T-H-A-N-D, the number 24.com. Thank you for listening.